Joining us now, Athletic Director at Utah State University, John Hartwell, kind enough to carve out a few moments for us. John, how are you? Hey, John. Guys, doing well. I'm just trying to reconcile in my head the comparison of hands and Vanna White. That's uh, a <laughs> lot, to, lot to wrap my uh, thoughts around. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That, that I know that probably threw a lot of people for a loop. So, so John, I, I sent out a picture of me holding this dog and and said he's up for adoption. And now I've got people offering twelve dollars and eighty cents for me. I, I just want to. I want everybody to understand it's the dog that's up for adoption. You not... can't adopt hands. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a... high demand. I'm not up for adoption, uh, but we're having a lot of fun out here. I'll bet your life is busy, John. A few things going on, but uh, you know, all uh, you you can uh, be a, a glass half full or a glass half empty person. You can say uh, they're challenges or opportunities. I, I choose to view them as opportunities. But yeah, uh, a lot going on. Obviously, uh, you know the the ruling from the Supreme Court coming down with the Austin case. Uh, everything going on with name, image, and likeness, and it's you know. It's like we've we've known for a couple of years this is coming uh, coming down the the pipe and uh, uh, you know now now it's hurry up and uh, tomorrow's July first and uh, let let's get going with it so yeah there there's a few uh, opportunities out there but all good so I guess you know and there's there's just been so much stuff going on and the NCAA has said you can do this and this but but as of tomorrow what can an athlete take advantage of you know, this time tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, so so it's interesting because uh, as, as a lot of your listeners uh, have, have been following this to some extent, uh, you've, you've got some individual states, including uh, New Mexico, where uh, there's legislation that is going into effect tomorrow that, that in essence uh, allows name, image, and likeness and – you know, the NCAA basically came out last week and said, well, hey, there's no uh, uniform uh, legislation out there, whether at the NCAA level or at the, uh, you know, at the federal level through Congress. And so we're going to adapt kind of a hybrid. You know, those states that, that have legislation that goes into effect tomorrow, uh, those are the guidelines you got to follow those that don't have that legislation, which uh, our great state of Utah does not, uh, it's a little broader parameter. So, um, you know, it, it's none of us have all of the answers. This is uh, this is waiting in, in new waters for all of us. And, you know, it's uh, I hate to say it's a, a trial and error thing. But, uh, you know, what what we're trying to do here at Utah State is is put some pretty broad parameters on it uh while you know i i think the the thing that's really important for all of us to do is to protect the amateur model of collegiate athletics trying to allow you know student athletes to to have opportunities at at making money uh that other students have the ability to do while at the same time still protecting the amateurism of it and, oh, by the way, you know, you've got this whole thing about uh, donor and booster involvement and, and how, how do we uh, keep it from going off the rails in terms of it becoming the wild, wild west. And, you know, anybody can – you can do anything you want to. So uh, there, there's a lot to uh, 
lot to unwrap there and you know every uh and and we've had countless meetings about it uh continue to to evolve in our process in fact uh got another one this afternoon with uh you know my executive staff and then our university legal counsel as well trying to make sure that those parameters are there and i think no matter what any institution does or no matter what any state law or federal legislation does there are going to be one-offs and nuances that we're all going to have to to figure out, you know, over the course of the next few months. With all the unknown of it, it, it opens up so many questions, John, and I, I think it, it is only creating more confusion for me and Scotty just trying to figure this out. I, I want to set a scenario and, and, and kind of get your thoughts on this. Let's say, you know, I'm a big recruit coming out of Idaho, uh, one of Idaho's tops and, and on the top of your list, and I come into Logan. Logan's got a lot of great companies. I think Icon Fitness is up there. I, I love Cash Valley Cheese. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of their cheese. Let's say <laughs> I come in as a recruit, and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm signed. And can let's say Cash Valley Cheese comes to me and says, hey, we, we want you to be a spokesperson for us, or we want you to rep our gear, and we're going to give you $10,000 a year to do so. Starting tomorrow, am, am I able to am I able to take that money I don't know. And, and start – representing cash valley cheese so here are the nuances to that uh and so um let's just say this this prize recruit from or signee from idaho uh is named john doe john doe could theoretically do that but if john doe is a utah state signee uh, or student athlete John Doe could not do that in Utah State apparel. Um, you know that that's and and that's as of today. There there's still some question about that about how that goes forward. But John Doe student athlete uh, standing on their own, you know, without you know just wearing generic clothes could do that. Uh, John Doe in Utah State apparel. Uh, could not necessarily do that, uh, and that that's one of the things that you know the NCAA has tried to say is is hey you you cannot uh, you know utilize your university's marks as part of this. So so that's one component of it. The other component is um, you know is Cash Valley Cheese is that a corporate sponsor? of Utah state, uh, you know, and if, if that individual gets $10,000, then is, is, uh, cash Valley cheese going to come back to Aggie sports properties who does our, you know, uh, multimedia rights. Are they going to come back to them and said, you know, again, and and this is all hypothetical. Well, instead of paying you $50,000 a year, instead of paying Aggie sports properties, $50,000 a year, uh, for corporate sponsorships, that's all we have in our budget in total. We're paying John Doe ten thousand, so we're only going to pay you forty thousand, which obviously would have a financial impact on, on the athletic department. So there, there are wow a lot of nuances to to work out with that. And you know that's one example. The whole other example, you know, we are a uh, a, a Nike school so across all of our teams we wear nike apparel and footwear if all of a sudden you know you have john doe come in and he 
you know, ever since, uh, you know, AAU days of seventh, eighth, ninth grade, he's been uh, outfitted in Adidas apparel. And he says, hey, I want to wear Adidas apparel. Obviously, Nike would have a challenge with, you know, an issue with that. And, and arguably, if you're uh, uh, most marquee student athlete or one of your most marquee student athletes is wearing something different than what, um, you know, the, the institution's uh, footwear and apparel agreement is, uh, that could cause some challenges too. So all of those things are, are examples of, of, again, waters we have not navigated, and we're going to have to uh, wade our way through that. What's the uh, process of trying to sit down in athletes when, when you yourself and, and every other university out there is trying to figure it out? Um, and then you also have to try to educate your athletes on what's going on as well. Is this something that if, let's say, a company reaches out to John Doe, uh, you know, your star quarterback at, at Utah State, and says, hey, we want you to do this, is he able to negotiate that himself, or does he need to go through the university to get approval because of some of the things that you talked about? Yeah, so so there are some compliance components to that. And, and you know, again, as we – uh, have been working on this this these draft parameters for our student athletes. Um, you know they they can uh, secure representation, whether it's an agent or a lawyer, um, not for for competition or play. You know to promote them as a player, but only for their no, name, image, and likeness. Um, you know opportunities. Uh, and, and nothing related to a, you know, a future professional athletic contract. Um, and so they can get the representation to do that. Um, but, you know, part of that is, is we're saying, hey, if you, if you go obtain that rep- representation, it's got to be somebody who's licensed in the state of Utah. And quite frankly, um, you know, and, and part of this is the educational uh, process for our student athletes is, you know, anything they go and do like that, uh, there's a tax impact. That's going to be taxable income. And, you know, whether the student athletes uh, go um, create their own LLC and and a business to be able to do this through, uh, you know, that, that's something that uh, we're going to recommend. Obviously we're as, as the institution, we're not going to, uh, give them tax advice on anything, but just give them the information uh, to be able to set set these things up. But uh, you know, they they would have the ability uh, to to go and and seek out these uh, these revenue opportunities. So, John, let's say that you've got um, uh, you well, was Jordan Love or uh, Chucky Keaton now come back. Let's say you've got the number sixteen Chucky Keaton jersey. And they kind of pulled those off shelves, given the numbers and no names on the back because there was some gray area and, and misrepresentation there. Will will university team stores now sell a Chucky e. Keaton jersey with the number 16 and the Utah State logo on it and then give portions of that sell to the athlete? Yeah, we are. there are some institutions that have done that. Um, uh, notably, the University of North Carolina has gone into an agreement with uh, former student athletes uh, to to be able to do that and basically, you know, split the 
the profits between the institution and the uh, and the former student athletes, and and we are working to to do something along those lines uh, as well to to be able, you know, uh, again, it's uh, it's not just the number sixteen Utah State jersey by itself uh, that that creates the value, although there is a value to that, but also you know the the Chucky Keaton uh, name on the back of it. Uh, you know, creates that. So, so we are working on a platform to, to do that as well. You felt like this was coming down for a while. Uh, I mean, it, this is something that I can't imagine a lot of athletic directors have been surprised about over the last several months. Are, have they, I mean, right. I mean, they, they kind of knew this, this direction was always uh, going to happen at least over the last couple of years. It seems like. Uh, yeah. The, the opportunity for it to happen, but again, the parameters of it, you know, the, the easy things, the one-offs are, um, you know, the John Doe basketball camp, and they go and do that on their own. I mean, I think those, those to me, those are common sense kinds of things that absolutely, you know, we need to be able to allow uh, our student athletes to, to be able to do. But, again, back to that example, um, it's got to be the John Doe basketball camp. It can't be the John Doe Utah State mm-hmm. basketball camp. Um, but but to allow you know the individuals to go out and do a neighborhood camp or a community camp or, or whatever those things are pretty easy or um, you know the opportunities uh, for you know autograph session or things like that but there's so many nuances that come into play here you know uh, where do you have title nine issues and you know are you offering the same opportunities? Uh, for female student athletes uh, to to capitalize on name, image, and likeness as you are on on male student athletes. And, and again, back to the example I used earlier, uh, is there um, is there cannibalism, if you will, uh, to to the institutions or to the athletic departments, uh, multimedia rights or sponsorship rights that, quite frankly. Uh, get spread amongst all of the sports and and uh, help to fund the operations. And if all of a sudden uh, some of that is being peeled off by corporate sponsors uh, to the institution who decide to to do endorsement deals with individual student athletes, it's it's hard. Obviously, that's a, a revenue component that helps fund the operations across all the sports. Uh, that is reduced and also it you know that could go back to to some title nine issues if it's you know if the bulk of that money let's say there's a hundred thousand dollars worth um that's uh that's being channeled directly to a handful of men's basketball and football players and that's a hundred thousand dollars less that the university that the athletic department is going to get that helps to uh, fund the operations of some of our Olympic sports. Hmm. Man, I can't believe it. it's so significant what's happening right now. What what is what what has had more significance in the potential financial earnings of a college athlete? The nine O Supreme Court decision we saw a month ago, or this name, image, and likeness that we're seeing initiate tomorrow? You know, that's a, a great question, Hans. I think uh, it depends. And, and again, I think it's very important as quickly as possible 
that we get consistent legislation, uh, you know, whether it's it's from uh, Congress level or within the NCAA. I do think it's going to have to, you know, have the congressional uh, involvement in it. But it depends how far, you know, people stretch. You know, the Austin case is all based on allowable educational uh, expenses. And so uh, does, does that mean, you know, some institutions are going to issue the day a new student athlete walks on campus, give them a new laptop, a new iPad, a new cell phone, and say all of those are educational related, a new scooter or bicycle, and say those are educationally educationally related uh, because they allow for transportation to and from class? Or do you say, oh, well, we can take that a step further and and provide an automobile? So, again, I think there's a lot of gray area out there uh, that is yet to be defined. I think it's going to have to be defined um, at some point to to put some guardrails up on it. I, I think conceptually it's all very good and it and it's um although it's not apples to apples it's uh you know just a further step uh in in what we dealt with several years ago when cost of attendance came about and there were a lot of institutions that said oh gosh how are we going to do this we can't afford this this is going to uh you know this is going to create uh, competitive uh, advantages or disadvantages, depending on what institution you're at. And, and over a period of time, uh, people figured it out. It, it did, uh, you know, allow more benefits for student athletes, which I, I think is we've absolutely got to continue to look at at providing those. But we've got to do it uh, in in a frame of which, again, takes into the consideration. Uh, Title IX and equity and, and trying to be able to do it, do I think at some point it's going to uh, uh, further the divide between the haves and the have-nots? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've just got to got to navigate our way through it and, uh, and, and figure it out. On a, uh, on a lighter note, how cool was it to see Sam out on the court in a uh, Eastern Conference Finals the other night? Yeah, that, that was a great experience. Uh, Ryan Odom and I got to meet. Uh, he was out on the road recruiting, and, and I flew in from, from here, but uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to visit with Sam pregame for a while. You know, uh, one thing about Sam Merrill, and this is not surprising to anybody who knows him, uh, the Sam Merrill, you know, Milwaukee Bucks rookie who's playing in the uh, NBA Eastern Conference Finals, is no different than Sam Merrill, who was here on campus at Utah State. Uh, one of the most humble, kind, appreciative guys, you know, uh, you will ever meet. He, he's not affected, uh, you know, by by his status at all. Uh, so grateful for his Utah State experience and, and what it meant to him. Uh, you know, I, I – uh, you know, sometimes people talk about a guy like a Tim Tebow and say, "Gosh, is he really, is he really that good of a person? Is and is he that genuine?" Um, and, and I would put Sam Merrill in that same category. I mean, it's just uh, you know, when when you when you think about consummate student athlete, he was successful in the classroom, you know, successful 
uh, as a basketball player, both both at at our level and and now in the NBA, and and all of those accolades and and positive characteristics. The one that's even higher than that is Sam Merrill, the person, and uh, so it was great to catch up with him. Well, John, always a pleasure to catch up with you. I know it's uh, crazy. Weird waters you're trying to navigate right now, but uh, thanks for helping us try to make a little sense of it because I think a lot of us out here are trying to figure out what the world's going to look like tomorrow. really means a lot, John. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Uh, always great to visit with you, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to navigate through this. And, again, I, I look at it from an opportunity perspective uh, for our student-athletes and, and, and the more that we can provide for them uh, to enhance their experience Again, I would put the caveat out there while staying within the amateur model, uh, I think, is, is a very much a positive thing. There you go. John Harwell, thanks so much, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys.